Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or encourages you to create thoughts that uplevel your life so that you can know from the deepest parts of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer holistically after surgery without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful, and joy-filled life now, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My very special guest today is Marla Mattinson. She is the creator of the Ethical Sales Process and co-founder of The Intimacy Experts. Marla is an internationally recognized speaker and expert. She works with thought leaders in love, sales, and business. Using her background in neuroscience, mathematics, and relationship-based sales, Marla guides businesses, couples, and individuals to uncover the hidden patterns in their relationships and business to unlock passion, financial success, and unlimited joy. And you guys know I love joy. Over the course of her 20-plus year career, Marla has helped thousands, including Academy Award-winning actors, producers and directors, NBA players and coaches, Grammy Award-winning artists, and millionaire entrepreneurs. Her advice has appeared in The New York Times, Forbes, Oprah, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Entrepreneur, just to name a few. She lives what she teaches with Julian Kolker, the love of her life and her business partner. Let me add, an incredible friend. She has this amazing ability to really make people feel seen and heard. And she's had an incredible journey just in her own life. And I'm so excited about bringing her on today. So Marla, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here with the Joy Master herself. Love it. Hey, I want to ask you, and we're going to just kick off the show with this question, which is, what do you know now that you wish you had known before you started life? And when I say started life, I mean, I'd say like 18, 19. We start to wonder like, oh, what's my path? What's the world? What's love? What are all these things? Like what were maybe some of your like beliefs and thoughts that you had back then that now you're just like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Great question. I'd say that probably the number one thing is that all is well and that I'm doing it perfectly. Hmm. That the idea of doing it right, doing it wrong, all of that is just a construct and that all is well all the time, even in the challenges, even in the dark times, and that you're gonna experience that at some point in your life, sweetheart, talking to myself. And I know that now. And I also know now that all feedback is love. 
And that is something I did not know back in the day, that all feedback is love. Not all feedback feels like love. Sure. So how do you define feedback versus criticism? Well, when you're living really from a spiritual perspective, criticism is just feedback. And so feedback is the umbrella that you choose to view all of life through. So whether something comes through as criticism or negative feedback or attacking feedback even, or positive feedback, all of it is feedback and all of it is love from the perspective of not spiritually bypassing, from the perspective of everyone's just trying to get their needs met. And so my experience of life is not the same as somebody else's experience because it's my unique lens and their unique lens. And so even if I do or say something to upset somebody else and they offer me feedback that doesn't feel good, I get to choose how I receive the feedback that's here for me. And so if somebody is expressing in a negative way, if that negativity is received from me by me with loving ears and a loving heart, then that negative feedback lands and that person doesn't have to hold the burden of that negativity anymore. It gets to just dissolve into the love and love is infinite. Yes. Yes. And yes. I love that. I know one of the reframes I gave myself around that is how can I allow other people to share their opinion and also look at it from the perspective of, is any of this true for me? And can I see some of these things that might be coming across? Or is there a perception here based on some limited information? And for what's true, if it needs correction, can I be really open to that and saying, mm, like, I have some areas for growth here? Or can I also look at it and go, oh, wow, yeah, no, that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing that up because for honestly, most of my life it was very hard to give me feedback. I was a know-it-all. I knew everything. It was very challenging to give me any kind of feedback. I would get defensive and I can be quite articulate. And so I could articulate a reason why whatever is coming at me was not accurate or point out the one part that wasn't true versus receiving all of the wisdom from the other person of what's true for them in their experience, which makes it true, period. It's not just true for them. If it's true for somebody else, it is true. And therefore, that's why I've trained myself to receive any feedback at any time from anyone for any reason. And that is not something that I was skilled at in the past. In fact, if you ask probably any family members or friends from you know, decades ago, they would say, yeah, Marla's very hard to give feedback to. I couldn't let it in. It was too scary to let in negative feedback because I was already so self-critical that any more would just collapse me. Mm. And so the sort of hard exterior was a protection from my very sensitive insides, you know, how I actually was feeling. And so over the years, I've sort of dissolved those barriers and the defense mechanisms to receive. And that's really living a very tender-hearted life because it's tender-hearted when someone offers you criticism or negative feedback. And, you know, I mean, I have a whole practice around that now of asking people for intentionally for negative feedback so that we don't have any grains of sand between us, you know, so that there's harmony in our union of our friendships. That's important to me. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's also one of the things that is such a beautiful practice. And if more people did it, would probably realize their relationships are much richer. Because instead of sweeping things under the carpet, while the other person builds resentment, or the person doing the sweeping is usually the one building the resentment, 
you're allowing it to get on the table and you're allowing it to like, no, like let's literally put all our cards on the table so we can look and see good, bad, ugly. Can I share how you called me to ask to be friends? Can I share that? Yes, please. Okay. This is something I really admire about you and I wish that more people did it, but also more women because it was really beautiful. You and I had like known of each other, but hadn't really spent any like time together. And y'all, Marla calls me one day and she's like, hey, Mary, you know, we're just kind of like shooting the shit, catching up. And it's cool because I like I know she's cool and she's like an important person in the world. And I'm like, yeah, let me talk to her. She's cool. And Marla says to me, Mary, I've been watching you for a while now and I'm just realizing I need more Mary in my life. Can we be friends? And like, it was so beautiful. And I just remember like, you spoke to my human design and I was going to ask you, did you know that I was a projector at that time? I don't remember, to be honest. I feel like I might have, but I don't remember. I have a habit of treating all new relationships like projectors. Projectors in human design, they're supposed to wait for the invitation. Not just any invitation, but an invitation that actually recognizes something in them and lights them up and gives them the energy to you know want to move forward with something. And so in general, I tend to invite people into a connection or to say yes to something or to say no. So even if I didn't know, that's kind of like my approach. Yeah, you totally spoke to my design. And that's why part of me was like, did Marla like realize I was a projector and was like, oh, this is exactly how I'm going to approach her? Or is that just who you are? You know, because it really did speak to me in my design. And Marla just broke down for you what it means to be a projector and how we're waiting for an invitation. And I really loved that because it did speak to my design. And it also was just a really beautiful way to literally just be so straightforward about what you're asking for. Right. So I think people do this in networking all the time where they're like, oh, I would love for it to have you in my network. Can we just hop on and see how we can help each other? Or they'll say something, I want to know more about what you're doing, but that's not really what they want to know. Like that's part of what they want to know, but it's not the real intention. And I feel like you just dove right in. You're like, by the way, my intention is I need more of you in my life. And can we be friends? I was like, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that is definitely my vibe. I ask for what I want and I'm willing to hear a no. Yeah. And I love that. I love this really straightforward approach. I think it's beautiful. It doesn't leave room to create stories. It doesn't leave room to wonder certain things. And I get that, you know, sometimes curiosity can be a good thing. And, you know, especially like they always say, you know, keep them curious, especially with like men in the bedroom. Okay, that's different. That's different, right? That's a little different. <laughs> I agree with that. The mystery is good. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the mystery is good. But in this case, it was really beautiful. Yeah. In friendships, especially in female friendships, you know, I find that complete transparency is appreciated. And also I appreciate it. And so there's so much meaning that can be made out of every little interaction with somebody that if I genuinely feel like I want to be deeper friends with someone or develop into a friendship, or if I think that we could have some business connections or something, I'm just going to say it and then, you know, allow it to just be. And, you know, I've said that not exactly like that to other people. I customize it every time because it's unique to each person. But I've reached out to a number of women in that way that I genuinely wanted to develop relationships with. And some people say, yes, I'd love to. And then other people have said, you know what? No, I don't actually have the time to dedicate to that right now. I want to focus on my business and things like that. And so 
it's a vulnerable request. You know, if I say, hey, would you like to do this? I don't want a people-pleasing response. I want a real response. And so I'm willing to hear a yes or a no or nothing. You know, I've also sent messages to people and heard nothing in response. And that's fine. That's fine. That's their choice. I have an open door policy. That's still true. I'm still wanting to connect. And if they now are ready, then great. Yeah. It's something I just really love and admire about you. And I wanted to share that with you today and just acknowledge you and say that I felt very seen. So when I say that you make people feel very seen and heard, I'm I'm definitely on the receiving end of that as well. And I feel like you're also an interesting person. I think if someone saw like you and Julian together and just how cute and playful you two are, but also like very different, like there's a fun dynamic with that as well. It's really beautiful. And I like how you both really complement each other in your businesses and just as a couple. And I really admire that. What was the intuition ping when it came to love for you? Because I think that's important. I think that not enough people listen to their intuition or they ignore it or they wiggle their way out of it. So you've had lasting love. And what's the ping? What's the internal dialogue? Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's go. Woo. Down the rabbit hole. Here we go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So when Julian and I first met, we met at an intro to orgasmic meditation seminar. Okay. So it was in a dusty downtown loft, as Julian likes to say, on a Saturday in January. And I had been curious about this technique for like about a year. A friend of mine was practicing this technique of orgasmic meditation. And Julian had gone to a yoga festival with his friend and they met this woman at the festival doing a demonstration, you know, about orgasm and meditation. So she invited them. I think she had a crush on him. Okay. (laughs) Side note. I can't blame her. Can't blame her. And so she invited him to come down. So he came that next day and I was there and they had everybody get on the microphone to introduce themselves. And he introduced himself and shared that he is a Vipassana meditator. And when I heard that, I looked over and I saw his profile and he was wearing a ball cap and a hoodie and he had a beard, not my demo. You know what I'm saying? He was not my demographic of like who I was looking for in love. And my soul lit up. I was like, oh, who is that? Who is that? That vibe is my vibe. Like, in his voice, his tone, I was just like, whoa. So when it came to me, I was in like two rows back. I said, hi, I'm Marla. I'm also a Vipassana meditator. And then I looked away so he could check me out. And I felt him looking. And then I said some other things. And then at the first break, instantly from across the room, we just came together and I said, what's up, Vipassana? And he goes, what's up? And then we had lunch together and I mean, within two weeks, we were thick as thieves, and we also did not exchange phone numbers that day. Both of us were in in that mode of just like, let it happen or let it not happen. And then on the Tuesday, they had a practice session, and so we went and did a practice session, and it was like, oh, okay, you're here. Hello again. And the journey has been exquisite. I mean, I had a lot of abandonment issues. I tested him. You know, he was in like from the very beginning and I still had a lot of material around. Am I lovable? Are you really going to love me? I'm really weird and quirky and I'm intense, you know, and all of those things that I still had some self-judgment about. And just time after time after time, we just worked through 
every aspect of abandonment. And he provided this incredible emotional safety net for me of love and care, consideration and respect. And very early on in our relationship, he invited me on a date to write a list of all the ways we were out of integrity and read them to each other. And so that's when I was like, that's my person. It just was like, anybody who wants to write a list of all the ways we're out of integrity and then share them is exactly who I want to be hanging around. And then over time, we've closed all those gaps. And we do that as a regular practice. We constantly look at where are we out of integrity and how can we close those gaps? So growing in union together and at different rates, in different ways and different material, we're both dedicated to growth. And that to me is essential. Oh, agree, agree, agree. I love that. And so speaking of being in integrity and ethical, the other thing obviously I admire about you and I want to make sure we absolutely share with everyone today is around what you do for a living. And I have been blessed enough to also be part of some of your programs. And so I've gotten to see you in action and Julian and walk the walk with you on this. And it's been really, really just eye-opening. And also it's one thing to know what someone does. Like I know my dad works at a children's hospital, but to actually like see someone in action, it's the difference of being able to like watch my dad interact with children and with people who are in distress because their kids are in the hospital. Like that's a different experience than just being like, I know my dad's at the hospital and he helps people, but I don't know what he really does. Whereas with you, I feel like I've gotten to watch you. And it's been so beautiful because you are someone that I identify as someone who is really walking their walk and talking their talk. And the moment that it shows up in any way, shape, or form that you might not be, you're willing to just go, whoop, time to realign time to reassess. And I see that in you. And I really love that because that's an, another spot in the world that I go, oh man, if all of us did that, like what a beautiful place it would be. Like people just in general, I think would be happier. They'd feel more aligned. They'd be able to find their joy. They would be literally living their best lives because they're so aligned in whatever that is, you know, not what the world says it needs to be or what someone else thinks is it, but what they actually believe and think and feel and want to put out into the world. And you do that well, you do it in your work. You do it in your friendships. And I've gotten to be, like I said, a direct recipient and witness of those things. So let's talk about ethical sales because, boy, there's lots of sales happening. People obviously, you know, talk about the, I don't like sales, Marla. I don't want to be the sleazy car salesman, poor car salesman. They got this rap and it's unfortunate because they're always using these examples. So forgive me, car salesman, if this isn't you, but. That's the slang we're going to use just for this example. And Marla, talk to us more about ethical sales. What does that mean? And how do people overcome their cooties around sales? Yeah, sales cooties. I love that. Well, first of all, we've redefined what is a sale. Okay, so here's the, the truth. Everyone is a seller and everyone is a buyer. So to avoid sales is to avoid being human. You cannot avoid sales. So when we redefine sales as a response to a yes or no question. Every yes or no question is a sale. If you think about it, somebody says, do you want to go to the beach? And you say, you know, I'd love to, and I can't today. So I'm going to have to say no. That's person asking for what they want. That's the request. And the other party gets to have a choice. Yes or no, or I'm not sure. That's the messy middle. And so the response, if it's not a yes, 
That's what's challenging for us as humans. We don't like rejection. Hearing a no is really literally painful for people. And why is it literally painful? It's because there's actually science on rejection. Since 2003, we've known that the neural pathways that light up in the brain when we are rejected, whether it's in a sales conversation or whether it's just hearing a no, light up the same as physical pain in the body. So rejection actually hurts. And so if we receive a no as pain, as there's something wrong with me, and by the way, why does it register as physical pain? It's because from a biological perspective, we are being excluded with a no. When we hear a no, that means that, oh, there must be something wrong with me or the way I asked or my request or that there's something wrong. And if there's something wrong, you're going to be excluded from the tribe. So it's a very deep human DNA biological reaction to avoid a no. And this is one of the main, main differences between traditional sales, which everybody practices traditional sales, and ethical sales, which is a choice to practice ethical sales, okay? We all practice traditional sales because we're human and we manipulate. We manipulate to get our needs met. We say yes when we mean no. We people please, right? And so that's lying, by the way. Saying yes when you mean no is actually a lie. People pleasing is, I always say, it's the highest form of lying. It's a high form of lying because you care, you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings, you know, or you don't want to deal with their reaction. And people pleasing is still lying. So if we see it that way, then we go, you know what? I don't want to tell you no. And I also don't want to say yes. So I don't know what to do. And that invites a conversation about, well, I want you to have the truth of what you want rather than pleasing me, pretending that you're saying yes. And really what you're really wanting to say is no. And so one of the things is to redefine what a sale is. A sale is a yes or no question. So if you ask a yes or no question, you're asking for the sale. Hey, sweetheart, would you take out the trash? Sure, babe. And then they do it instantly. You made the sale. Great. Sure, babe. And they don't do it for three days. You didn't make the sale. You got a mushy yes and you accepted it. Okay. So you can change your approach to get a different response. Okay. Like be a little more playful, be a little more uplifting, maybe tie the bag and then say, hey, can you take this out, sweetheart? Okay. Now, in sales and business, it's still redefined. So I call it your team, T-E-A-M. A sale is not always for a financial exchange. A sale is not always for money. This is the thing that business owners get caught up on. You actually have to make a sale of someone's time, someone's energy, someone's attention before you're going to make a financial sale of money, team, time, energy, attention, and money. So social media, all of that podcast, you're asking for the sale. Are we making the sale? Are you still listening, right? Are we making the sale right now for your time, your energy, and your attention? Or are you thinking of something else? And then money, the financial exchange, how you ask for the sale in a financial exchange matters. Are you asking because you only want to get to a yes at the end of the conversation? That's traditional sales. Or are you asking for the sale and whatever they say, a yes or a no, that that you're going to celebrate no matter what it is, because why? They made a choice. And so this is the difference between traditional sales and ethical sales. Traditional sales, the whole goal is to get to a yes and close the sale. In ethical sales, the goal of ethical sales is clarity, a clear yes or a clear no, period, the end. And if you're not at a clear yes or a clear no, 
then you are still in the messy middle and you're not done with the conversation. And a clear yes is not a mushy yes. Mushy yeses, when we accept a mushy yes in sales, that leads to ghosting, contracts not being signed, somebody not responding to you for a month and then finally they show up again, you know. So getting to a clear yes, we have a process for that. We have a six-step process to get you to clarity. And then you get to celebrate whatever the clarity is, whatever the choice is. And one more piece, guess what happens? That fear of rejection completely diminishes when your focus is not on getting a yes. You're not avoiding a no at all costs. So rejection doesn't become painful. What happens is your focus is clarity. And therefore, if the no comes, you get to celebrate somebody's choice because you want your choices celebrated. You want your choice honored and not manipulated and twisted into a yes. So the whole process of ethical sales transforms the fear of rejection into celebrating someone else's clarity. Got it. And what does that actually look like? Like if someone says, no, I can't afford your program, I, I can't do it. Is that literally, thanks for letting me know? Is that literally what it looks like? So yes. And you would know that way earlier in the conversation than traditional sales, because traditional sales is trying to push that no away as long as possible and turn everything into a yes. And so it extends the sales conversation. And when you practice ethical sales in the way that we teach it, what happens is you get clarity every step along the way. And you find out because you ask the question with consent, prior consent, about their finances. Do they have the money to invest right now? You'll find out in the first 10 minutes. And if the answer is no, you go, ah, I'm so glad to know. I'm so glad to know. So let me do this. Thank you for letting me know that. What I'd love to do is spend about 10, 15 minutes just helping you with your very next step. Because if you're not going to invest right now, maybe you'll invest 30 days from now, six months from now, a year from now, maybe never. But I'd love to help you with just the very next step. So if you want to share a little bit more, I'd love to hear a little bit more. And then let me see if I can help you with just the next step. Maybe you recommend a podcast, a book, another coach. You get to practice generosity and you shorten your sales cycle. So why would you want to stay on longer with somebody who eventually is going to be a no anyway? Find that out early on by practicing ethical sales. So good. Yes, because I feel like so many times this is where people start convincing or they start trying to create like the logical, you know, route that you're supposed to take. Or they talk about the suffering that's going to happen because you don't do their thing, right? Like that's a really big one. Oh, you mean shaming? Yeah, yes, shaming. <laughs> Basically shaming. Yes, that would be correct. It would be shaming. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We all kind of do that. We all still do that. All of us still, even me, there's still a traditional aspect in me because I'm human. I still want what I want when I want it. And this is why ethical sales is an alignment because There's also this concept called ethical fading, where you start off really strong in your ethics, in your integrity. You're like, I'm going to really check for clarity at this. I'm going to accept a no if it happens, you know, and then you're like, oh my God, I need to pay the bills or enthusiasm. I know I can help this person. Oh, I can help this person. I'm so excited. And they have the money to invest. So I'm going to like push, push, push. You start fading in your ethics. You don't take that strong stand for somebody else's choice to walk across that 50% line on their own two feet, not because you're pulling them across the line, because they're saying yes, and they're moving forward. 
So good. I love that. And I believe folks can get on board. Marla, tell us, how do we get more of your ethical sales process? How do we go learn these skills so that we can be more integrous in how we're creating these transactions in the world? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to invite everybody to follow me on Instagram and on LinkedIn, because those are the two places that we provide daily content, actually. So you can go down spelunking into an ethical sales rabbit hole would be fun. So you definitely want to follow me on social media. And then coming up, we have a training. We have a two-hour training that is how to shorten your sales cycle and have a blast, by the way, when you do it. And it's all about enjoying your business. From the first hello to the last goodbye with your clients and customers, if you're not enjoying every aspect of your business, come join us for this one-day training. It's $33, by the way. It's $33 for this two-hour training. And then we have a VIP option if you want to upgrade. So the total is $97 for VIP. We'll have another couple hours with me just going, you know, deep diving with individual questions with the VIP people. And you will learn, learn, learn how to do this. You'll get an embodied experience just by witnessing other people asking questions. I'm really excited about it. It's super fun. Yes. And I can tell you again, as being a past participant in Marla's programs, that she makes the learning process really fun, really interactive. It's a safe space. And it's really one where you can create some implementation, take it with you so that you're practicing and then also being able to use it going forward in all aspects of your life. And since we're all salespeople, this one's a big one because I imagine that obviously people can learn about the process from a professional standpoint. But it's also beautiful when they can take and apply these things to their personal life and better negotiate who's taking out the trash maybe sooner than than three days. (laughs) And one of the things that I always say is professional development is personal development. And so it's a very strong business development to attend one of these trainings and your personal life will improve if you do. So that I can guarantee. Yes, love that. And for any of you that are driving and can't pull over, For that information, you can always check the show notes where we include all of the links and information for the show today, which will include Marla's next launch and event and her social media. So do like, follow, and engage with her because she is a immaculate human and a good soul, someone you want to know and follow and watch in the world because she's a great example for all of us. Marla, thank you for being our guest today. Any last words, any last tidbits that you want want to leave our crowd with today? Yeah, I want to remind everybody, you're doing it perfectly. You can't mess it up. Keep making higher and higher choices. Say yes to what you really, really want. And don't settle for anything less than that. You deserve it. You really do. Enjoy your life. Amazing. Thank you, Marla. Appreciate you so much. And we'll see you all back here next week for a new episode. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at www.maryd.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at The Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at The Mary D and just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page. 